Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. 33 seconds to go in the second period. Kudobin tries to keep it moving. Lindell takes a big hit. Canes wrap one out and he scores! Make it four in a row for Brock McGinn. He ties it at three late in the second period. The good news is we've just seen Vincent Trocek back on the ice and a breakaway the other way for the Canes. Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. That was fun. Carolina wins it by the score of five to three. Little bit of a surprise, if you ask me. But first, some housekeeping. We, of course, are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at AluminumCompany.com. Siding, roofing, gutter helmets, windows, entry doors, storm doors. It's all there. Windows. Did I mention windows? I think I did. AluminumCompany.com. Sammy, Sammy Hanna and his true crew do a tremendous job. Well... After the second period, or I should say after most of the second period, I had no no hopes at all that the Carolina Hurricanes were going to dig out of this. Uh, they were never down by a lot. They were never down by more than a goal. Uh, and they were only down by, uh, by a goal once. Uh, but Dallas was so much better than them in the second period. It just, it just felt like the game had flipped. And then... Brock McGinn happened with 26 and change left in the second period. Uh, He was in the right place at the right time, like he has been for a lot of this season. He scores in his fourth straight game. A couple of very interesting things about that. Brock McGinn currently has the uh, longest goal scoring streak in the NHL. Yes, process that. Brock McGinn has scored in four straight. He's got five goals in his last six games. Uh, He was great tonight. And uh, McGinn got one of my stars. We'll talk about that with Alec Campbell uh, in a little bit. Uh, But McGinn was great, and that goal really turned the game around. Played 17-47. He had a couple of block shots. He had his fifth goal. Uh, And again, that goal, I believe, turned the game around. And Carolina was much better in the third period. They weren't dominant in the third period, but they looked a lot more like what they're supposed to look like in the third. They weren't great by any stretch of the imagination, and there are uh, concerns that are starting to creep in about some players that are counted on on this team. Uh, but, but while those players figure it out, Jordan Stahl is killing it. Vincent Trocek is killing it. Brock McGinn is playing great. Brett Pesci is the best defenseman on the team. Sebastian Ajo played a pretty good game tonight. Uh, I thought he was excellent in the first period. Uh, 
nobody was good in the second period, but I thought Ajo was noticeable just about every time, and I thought Ajo's best work was probably made on the defensive side uh, of the puck. And lo and behold, James Reimer, who, I look, I know how people feel about it. They don't believe that James Reimer can be the guy. Well, he's not supposed to be the guy. He's the backup. Uh, but when we got to the third period, James Reimer was great. James Reimer, maybe he struggled on a couple of the goals. Maybe he does, shouldn't have allowed the Pissick goal, which was a rebound. The Pavelski goal, I actually think the Pavelski goal was just, you know, just found a hole. Uh, I think Reimer was there. I think it just found a hole. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and the Hintz goal, I mean, he, uh, Rupe Hintz is a great player, and Rupe Hintz could have had four goals tonight. Uh, but in the third period, James Reimer was great. Uh, so at five on five, this was a pretty even even game. And credit to Carolina, they get, they committed five penalties in the first two periods and none in the third. The only penalty in the third period was committed by Dallas. Carolina had a good power play, didn't score a goal, but a good power play in the third. Uh, they had two power plays in the first period. First one was bad. Second was, was eh. Second one, uh, we have no idea if it was good or not. They scored right away, but it had nothing to do with a power play. It had everything to do with a great with great individual efforts from Aho and Trocheck and Stahl with Aho getting the goal. Uh, but man, it's just this never looked like a like a win uh, when we're watching the second period. It just never looked or felt like a win. Uh, and then Carolina kind of uh, pulled it up. Brock McGinn saved the day at the end of the second period. Nino Niederreiter scores the goal early in the third, and they uh, they coasted. They didn't coast from there, uh, but they took it home from there. And again, Reimer played uh, incredibly well in the third period. It's really the second game, not in a row, but for him, the second game in a row where he was not great for two periods, and then when he had to be, he was good in the third. Uh, so uh, Rod Brennamore talks about it all the time. He says uh, uh, he's not concerned about save percentage and things like that. Timely saves. You make the timely save, you get a big win. And that's what happened to the Carolina Hurricanes uh, tonight. All right, let's go through the uh, the highlights and we'll, uh, we'll take a break and we'll talk to Alec Campbell uh, on the other side. Uh, this all began, the scoring all began late in the first period, Carolina's second power play of the day. Uh, it was a slick pass from the captain to one of the kids. Jordan Stahl crossing the Dallas blue line. Tries to find Trocek. Trocek gets a stick to it in the slot. To Stahl. To Ajo. They score! What passing by the captain again to find Sebastian Ajo, and he buries it. And the Canes take a one nothing with a power play goal. Second no-look behind, uh, you know, backhand pass assist against the Dallas Stars for Jordan Stahl this year. First one came shorthanded at home when he fed Brock McGinn for uh, a big goal uh, in one of Carolina's wins over the Stars uh, in Raleigh. And this one, uh, really good work by Vincent Trocek, too. Uh, All three centermen uh, on the power play uh, did great work, and Ajo just did not leave it up to chance. He just whipped it right past Hudobin on the short side. That was the only scoring of the first period. It was Ajo from Stahl and Trocek in the first. Uh, Then in the second, uh, Pissick really uh, from uh, Robertson and Gurianov, really just a physical play 
fighting past Jordan Martinook and then going straight at the net. Jacob Slavin was out trying to check another player, it seemed. So it was kind of out of position. So uh, he had le- he left that point um, really kind of open. Uh, and Martinook got beat along the wall. It was just, just a good physical play by Pissick. Uh, and he got to, uh, got to the front, took the initial shot, and then he uh, followed it up his own rebound. Uh, and he put it through Reimer. It was 1-1. Uh, but that lead did not last very long because, you know what? The captain was at it again. All the way across for Svechnikov. Now at the point for Pesci to Svechnikov. The top of the circles. He tries a wrister. That's blocked. To the backhand. It's Dolly scores! Oh, do your Bobby Orr impersonation, Jordan Stahl. The Canes with the quick answer. And are up 2-1. to one. Like uh, Stahl was kind of uh, checked off, off his pegs uh, as he was going into his shooting motion so he was you know going down to the ice good big physical play great pass from Svechnikov Brett Pesci with the other assist on Jordan Stahl's third goal and I don't know what it is about the Dallas Stars but Jordan Stahl sees the Dallas Stars and he thinks he's Eric Stahl uh seven goals 13 assists in 21 games in his career against Dallas. That's just incredible for uh, for a guy who's basically, what, for his career, about a point every other game, to be a point a game against Dallas, and he has, it's been even bigger this year against the Stars. I believe he's got five points in three games, maybe six points in three games. He's just been uh, absolutely tremendous. Uh, so 30 seconds after Dallas ties it, Carolina goes back in front, but really that was very temporary. Uh, and a very strange sequence uh, gave the Stars uh, the tying goal. Sekera into the Canes end on the backhand. Lays it behind the Canes net. Wakomo has it now. A stuff chance out in front, and the rebound comes in and they score. Rope hints, comes off of the bench and buries it, and the Stars have tied it at two. This may be offsides. As soon as the puck entered the Carolina zone, I said to myself, if it doesn't exit, this is very close. And that's what Rod Brendamore is looking at right now. Carolina with speed in the key zone. Back for Hintz and this one will count as the Stars have tied it. Hintz, who has been all over the ice, takes the deflection in the pass. And we are now tied at two in Dallas. It was essentially the next sequence um, that... Dallas got the goal. I mean, it was a clear offside the previous play, so Carolina got a little bit of a reprieve because that was a breakdown too. They just got away with it because the play was ruled offside. Uh, and then uh, Slavin and Pe- and uh, Hamilton got caught. Uh, Slavinton ended up like a cornerback turning the wrong way uh, and couldn't really uh, you know, get out and... Uh, pressured the pass, and Hamilton was beaten down the ice by Rupe Hintz. The pass wasn't even great because Hamilton was able to get a stick to it, uh, but he couldn't get enough of it, and uh, Hintz just gathered the puck uh, and then slipped it past Reimer, uh, and it's 2-2, but it didn't stop there. Now we have the parade to the penalty box. Uh, I think it was Andre Svechnikov or Nino Niederreiter. It might have been, I think it was Nino took uh, Carolina three offensive zone penalties today. Uh, Nino took his second one, uh, and then there were too many men on the ice, probably uh, 40 seconds into it, 30 seconds into it. Uh, so on the five-on-three, Joe Pavelski, uh, his blast made it 3-2. Uh, 
that was a five on three. Carolina was fortunate enough to kill off the rest of the uh, five on four power play, but it's three to Dallas, and they are just absolutely pushing. But Carolina kind of leveled off a little bit, and with 26 and change left. 33 seconds to go in the second period. Kudobin tries to keep it moving. Lindell takes a big hit. Canes wrap one out, and he scores! Make it four in a row for Brock McGinn. He ties it at three late in the second period. Just incredible. Uh, Again, right place, right time. Pesci gets a shot through. Uh, uh, Vincent Trocek also in front bothering Hudobin. I don't know that... Uh, Trocek kind of going for the tip in off the Pesci shot didn't bother Hudobin enough for the rebound to be created uh, and then the rebound just came right to McGinn and of course when you're as as talented a goal scorer as Brock McGinn is uh, the goals just come easy his fifth of the season at 1933 of the second made it 3-3 and to me that was the moment of the game and because uh, Carolina went into the locker room have, having played a trash period, uh, and it's 3-3, and you just go, all right, just play a good 20 minutes. See what we can do. Uh, and they played a good tw- <laughs> a really good 20 minutes, uh, and about four minutes into the period, uh, it was the guy who scored the first goal of the season for Carolina getting a big one. The good news is we've just seen Vincent Trocek back on the ice and a breakaway the other way for the Canes. Niederreiter scores! What a move by Nino Niederreiter on the breakaway. Undresses Hudobin and gives the Canes a 4-3 lead. I don't want to take anything away from the move by Nino Niederreiter because it was a nice move. Deke and, uh, ended up undressing Hudobin uh, and just slid the puck into the net easily for 4-3. But the pass from Dougie Hamilton was out freaking rageous. Uh, good work from Trocek behind the goal to get the puck to Hamilton. Hamilton hesitated just enough to create to, for the lane to develop and for Nino, who was on the bench, to come off the bench. And he hit him right at the blue line and Nino came in. Uh, it was just a tremendous play. Uh, and the the vision and the ability offensively of Dougie Hamilton uh, really made that goal. And, you know, if Hamilton could just get the defensive side of his game back to where it was a year ago before the injury, uh, Carolina's going to be... Well, well, we'll talk about this with Alec. When Carolina gets some of their other guys going too, uh, this is going to be... This This has all the makings of a special team. Uh, but right now, they're being carried by incredible individual performances. Nino's played very well. Nino was excellent tonight. Uh, that whole line was good tonight. Trocheck with McGinn and Niederreiter. Yeah, McGinn makes people better, apparently. We'll get to the final goal of the night in a second because uh, I think that it's worth pointing out that James Reimer was really a big factor in the th- Bounce back in it by Dickinson into the slot to Polo. One save, two saves by Reimer as Colo was right on the doorstep. But James Reimer, Johnny on the spot with two saves for the Canes. Mano keeps it into the point on the backhand, sends it behind the Canes net. Now Faxon and Gardner go at it. Faxon with a backhand chance and then jumping up from his defensive position was Sekera and his shot's right on. And Reimer steals that one. And now we have some pushing and shoving in front of the Canes blue paint. Yeah, that was a, a sneaky great save by Reimer as former Hurricane Andre Sekera came down down 
the slot. Tavo Teravainen just got his head turned the wrong way and didn't realize that he was getting beat down the middle. Uh, but Sakara snuck in from the point, nearly put one past Reimer, but James played really well uh, in the third period. And then it was Warren Fogle earning the easy tap-in. Then back to Pavelski. Pavelski is bothered by Jordan Stahl. Good play by the Canes captain. And that's going to send the puck all the way back down into the Stars end where Haskinen is bothered by Fogel. Fogel sends it around to Ajo. The Canes are looking at an empty net. Ajo spins, turns, shot, and they will score! Bury it in the empty net. Warren Fogel and the Canes take a 5-3 lead. That was it. That's how it went in. 5-3. James Reimer made, makes 34 saves, 10 of them in the third period. Uh, Ajo had a goal and an assist. Uh, I thought he played a physical game tonight. I thought he was good defensively. Uh, but he was third in ice time among centers. And the reason for that is because Jordan Stahl was a beast and Vincent Trocek was awesome again tonight. Uh, basically, just about every game. I would say the only game that Trocek didn't play really well was the second game of the season in Detroit. Uh, but uh, Trocek was great tonight. 1906 of uh, TOI. He had two assists. Uh, he assisted on the first goal with Ajo. Uh, he assisted on the uh, the Nino Niederreiter uh, game-winning goal, uh, getting the puck from behind the net to Hamilton on the right wing. Uh, he had a couple of hits. He was 10 of 19 in the face-off circle. Uh, and he's now got 11 points, I believe, in 10 games played. Uh, Stahl, <laughs> uh, check out this. I like if you read a box score in the, in the NBA and somebody gets a triple-double, here's Jordan Stahl. He had a goal and an assist, played uh, 1943 of, uh, of ice time. He led, led forwards in time on ice, played 453 shorthanded. He had three hits, a takeaway, and he won 20 of 28 faceoffs. Uh-huh, I said that right. 20 of 28 faceoffs, Jordan Stahl. Best player on the ice tonight, Jordan Stahl. Brock McGinn. Uh, a couple of block shots, his fifth goal of the season, fourth straight game. Uh, Pesci played 23-33, led defenseman in time on ice. Uh, 447 shorthanded. He had a couple of block shots, two assists. He's now got seven points, by the way, in 11 games. Quietly, Brett Pesci on the score sheet. He was also a plus two. Uh, again, I thought Ajo was good tonight, and James Reimer was very good as well. Uh, we'll take a short break and we'll come back. We'll talk to Alec Campbell about the good. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up some concerns that uh, I think are worth pointing out. Uh, a seventh straight pointless game for Tavo Teravainen. Uh, a Jacob Slavin who doesn't look like he's quite gotten into the season yet in terms of the way we want to see Jacob Slavin play. Um, I don't believe he has been Carolina's best defenseman in any game this year. Uh, but we'll talk about all of that with Alec Campbell on the other side. This is the Canes Corner Podcast. You can subscribe to it, uh, and it shows up automatically in your phone. Uh, rate us, review us, uh, give us a nice rating, tell us what you like, tell us what you want to see or hear, because you hear a podcast, you don't see a podcast unless you're in the room when I'm doing it. Uh, so we'll take a quick break. We'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. All right, my friend Alec Campbell, Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network, and uh, 12 to 3, we do that radio show. Uh, there was, uh, it, I never felt like this was going to be a win 
even after Brock McGinn changed the complexion of the game, I just figured it was temporary because the stall goal was temporary. Uh, but, I mean, damn if they didn't play a good third period. It wasn't, I mean, they weren't dominant. They Dallas had chances in the third, but they were much better in the third. I guess, I mean, you, you couldn't be much worse than they were in the second period. They just got it taken to them uh, in the second. But uh, they gutted it out, and James Reimer looked like a real goalie in the third period. Yeah, he built a game, and I think the second period probably was the key, the fact that they got out of there tied, because I think probably they were just trying to stop the bleeding a little bit and get away without any more damage having done. Instead, they did themselves a favor and scored a goal. And you know how I feel about these things, Adam. Sometimes it's as much about you know <laughs> withstanding the push as it yeah. is about anything else you do. And so that was probably the biggest key to the game was the fact that they were able to get out of there without it becoming a 4-2 game before uh, the end of the second period. But, man, I'm kind of struggling at this point to figure out this team's identity, I guess. I mean, it's sort of been a, a, a couple-year uh, endeavor to sort of figure out because I think you and I will both agree that last year it didn't look the way Rod Brindamore wanted it to look, no. even though they were good. And I'm not sure so far this year it is either, but it's working. So <laughs> maybe it's just not going to look the way that he wants it to look, well, I guess. I think, well, if they're, if they, I think they will eventually look the way he wants them to look. Uh, right now, I think what is saving them um, is they are getting incredible performances from the captain, from mm -hmm. Trocek. Um, I thought Aho was very good tonight. Nino Niederreiter is the Nino Niederreiter from two years ago, not the Nino Niederreiter from last year. Yeah. Um, so, so many things. Brock McGinn, okay, whatever. Um, you saw this. Right. You, you know the stat, right? I, uh, NHL sent this, sent this out. The, the, the longest current goal-scoring streak in the National Hockey League is Brock McGinn. Okay, <laughs> just just process that for one second. So these are the things. They're getting incredible individual performances uh, out, of, uh, out of enough guys to cover for the fact that there are still some holes in their lineup. Uh, and, you know, we'll get to it. I want to talk a little bit about it. Uh, Tavo Teravainen's now gone seven games without a point. He looked terrible tonight, uh, and it contributed to the fact that Sebastian Ajo was third on in centers on ice time uh, tonight because they Rod didn't use that line a ton in the third period. He used Ajo, but he didn't use Teravainen as much, um, and I didn't think Jordan Martinuk was very good tonight either. Uh, he wasn't bad, but I don't think he certainly didn't really impact the game uh, like you want him to impact the game. But Teravon is, is, has been struggling. And Jacob Slavin hasn't really played that well. Um, uh, he was significantly below, uh, but maybe three minutes below Pesci in ice time tonight. Even Brady Shea played more. Brady Shea was good tonight. Uh, so and Dougie Hamilton made the great pass to Nino, but Dougie hasn't been great. So there's still a, you know, there's, there's a number of guys that have to get back to where they were uh, for this team to be as good as they are or, or will be. Uh, but, man, they're 8-3, and three, and they really haven't gotten to their game yet. R Rod said it in the pregame. 
that, you know, I yeah. asked him, I said, give me a 10 game assessment. He goes, eh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. So he hasn't yeah. been all that pleased. No, I do think that it is encouraging that I don't think they have played their best hockey yet, but they're still winning. And not only they're winning, but they're scoring. So like, let me, let me, are you, do you, uh, are you in the mood for a saucy Canes nug? Yeah. Give me a saucy nug. All right, cool. So you just gave me the tease for the, uh, for the whole podcast when I tweeted out later. So this is going to be the fourth time I've mentioned this tonight. So okay. if you are a uh, listener to the storm watch and the aftermath, you heard me talk about this three times Excellent. already. Well, I have, right? cause I didn't get a chance to listen to the storm watch in the aftermath. All right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to drop this on you. Take, take from it what you want. Um, it's just something that I noticed. Okay. All right. And I'm not saying any of this is end all be all. And it has to do with shots on goal. Right. Right. And of course you and I agree that shots on goal can be kind of a misleading or, you know, dumb stat at times. Right. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't as, necessarily as, tell you everything. Right. Yeah. As, as can most stats. I mean, you can make of them what you want. You can spit them how you want. All right. So let me just give you this. Because we, you know, we were really happy when we saw the Hurricanes keep Dallas to eleven shots on goal. Yes, <laughs> and we were really happy when we saw the Hurricanes keep Detroit to fourteen shots on goal right. uh, early in the season. Um, and there have been, you know, some twenty-one shot games, some twenty-two shot. Anyway, in five of their eleven games this season. The Hurricanes have allowed 22 or less shots on goal. Right. All right. They are three and two in those games. <laughs> All right. Right. They are five and one in the other games when they have allowed more than 22 shots on goal. All right. And those other games include 33, 32, 29, 33. 35 and 37 tonight. Yep. All right. The 35 was Tampa, right? Oh no, it was the, the 30, 33. 35 was Chicago. Okay. 33 was Chicago. Tampa was 32. Okay. 33 Nashville. All right. Also, when they score 3 goals, they're 3 and 0. Right. When they score 4 goals, they're two and one. And when they score five goals, they're two and oh. So what you're saying so, is don't score four goals. No, what I'm saying is <laughs> who cares how many shots you're giving up? Right. Because you're scoring a ton of goals. So what feels like to me, every time we are explained what this team is supposed to look like, it feels like it's explained as if it's supposed to be a like almost defensive minded team. And I sort of hesitate to call it either offensive or defensive because I know that Roddy wants aggressive offense. Yeah. And, but he wants you to be accountable for that. He wants you to be responsible for that. And, but we, but we also talk about this team as being built from the defense core. Like that's the core of their team, right? They, they got all these dudes, but like for me, it's like it's turning into an offensive team. Like it's a team that scores goals, and 
I mean, they, they outscore you right now. And I'm not sure that's, I'm not sure that's the most sustainable way to win. You know, I'm not sure you want to get into track meets with people every night, but what I'm saying is, is that every, it can be imperfect because if you're going to score, you know, a bunch of goals and the hurricanes, I think coming into tonight were 10th in the league in goals per game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're, and so and, like, and they've left some what, out there. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is the idea that I have in my head of what the team is supposed to look like and what I'm told it's supposed to look like, uh, doesn't, it conflicts with what's happening. I feel like. Well, I, first of all, I think, um, think you're right. I think they are, um, more of an offensive team. I'm not sure they're sold as a defensive team. Well, that's what I, that's what I'm trying to say earlier. Like, I don't think they are either, but I don't know. It just, like maybe it's just jarring. Here's maybe it's just maybe we're just not used to seeing an offensive team. Well, uh, Hurricanes fans will agree with you because it's been a long time since they were really known as a good offensive team. The last time they were a good offensive team, they won a Stanley Cup. And I would argue that uh, Rod Brindamore's coaching philosophy is a whole lot more like Peter Laviolette's than it is anybody else that might have influenced Rod Brindamore as a coach. And LaViolette was all about push, 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 uh, and make sure your defensemen are properly uh, positioned. And there was not a lot of danger among the defensemen when LaViolette was the head coach. You know, like Aaron Ward and Brett Hedekin were not offensive players, but they were stalwarts. They played a lot of minutes. Same with Glenn Wesley. Thomas Caberly was all right. Um uh, or uh, Frank Caberly, not Thomas Caberly. He was the old uh, Maple Leaf. Um, but the trick was your forwards had to maintain uh, their defensive responsibility. And that's what Rod is really looking for. Uh, he, right. But, uh, so I, I don't think that their defense, and I was surprised when I asked Rod if it starts with the forecheck, he actually says it starts on the other end. Uh, and that's really what has been bothering him about this year is that they have not been as good in their own end. And I think you yeah. saw that tonight. There were some chances that were created from Dallas by Dallas by not being good in their own end. And then, of course, they had the penalty problem again, five penalties in the first two periods, uh, including uh, one on top of the other that created the Joe Pavelski goal. Uh, but I think you're right that it is an offensive team. But and the I'm, thing is, is that this is the second year where they really haven't been good in their own end. Yeah, they weren't great last year. I, I mean... They were they were they were pretty good, and of course, it got worse when Hamilton went out because Hamilton was playing a good year, having a good year, and he was playing well defensively. And then when they lost Pesci, they were lost. Brady Shea still turns the puck over too much, um, but I thought Shea made so many good plays defensively uh, to uh, to get the puck out of harm's way that uh, kind of uh, it kind of erased some of the giveaways. Uh, just like Ajo had two really bad giveaways in the offensive end, that you're like, what are you, what are you doing? Um, yeah. But I thought he made up for it by playing. He was. I thought Ajo was tremendous tonight. Uh, he just didn't play as much as the other guys. Uh, we'll compare stars in a minute. But I think you're right. I think they are an offensive team that hasn't quite gotten to their defensive game. Well, I mean, I'm just like we 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 had we didn't really see many we didn't see any changes to to this to this back end, right? So. I'm, I guess maybe I'm just kind of done waiting for them to be good in their own end. <laughs> and I'm just going to let them 
be bad in their own end and score a bunch of goals. <laughs> hey, be fun, right? <laughs> right. Be fun. Like, I don't know. Like, that's the thing is we just keep talking about this. Like, well, we haven't really gotten to our game. We haven't really gotten to our game. Well, maybe you have. Maybe this is your game. <laughs> Rod doesn't want to hear that. I know. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not saying don't continue to strive to get better. But like, I mean, it's been a season and now 10 games and a quarter, a season and a quarter. Right. Because uh, we're, we're about a quarter of the way through. Well, not quite uh, a quarter. But I know. Mike Metascalco did bad there. math. You don't have to. You don't have to glom on well, Mike I mean, Metascalco's bad it, math. I mean, it's eleven games. Eleven I mean, and fifty-six. We're almost at twenty yeah. percent. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess eleven times five is fifty-five. Right. Yeah. So blame Mike for that. That's it. It is. It is his fault. He said he. He well, said math is bad. Yeah. So I mean, so I guess I'm just saying there's a large enough sample size there now that. Like, it's cool. Like, you just ain't that good in your own end. That's what's up. Like, <laughs> now I know what you are. Right. Well, I mean, it's right now they just don't have enough defensemen playing well in the defensive zone. Uh, and it's it's kind of one <laughs> or two because I think Shea's played well. Um, so let, let's just handle the, the a, a couple of quick concerns. Um before we, uh, you whip out your stars and I whip out mine. Right. Um, level of concern for Tavo Teravainen. What is it? Uh, what kind of scale are we using? Are Give we using the Scoval scale? Or? Yeah, the Scoval. The Scoval scale. Give me a, uh, uh, is it Carolina Reaper worry? <laughs> I don't know. I have to look it up. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm concerned, but... Like I feel like he's he's good enough to figure out his way back. Oh yeah, like so it's not gone. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe I'm like a five out of ten. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. What about Slavin? Um, less concerned about him. I'd say I'm more like a two. Okay. All right. He did a couple of good things tonight, but he got turned around on the uh, on the the hints goal that followed that followed immediately after the one that was waved off. He got turned around and uh, and couldn't like he left way too much room for I think it was Gurianov to make the pass. That Hamilton got caught up the ice and almost got back. Uh, Hamilton yeah. almost catching up the hints made me think that I might have been wrong. Uh, that Cam Atkinson uh, was going to get a breakaway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still think At- Atkinson was going to get a clear breakaway, but uh, Hamilton recovered nicely enough that he got a got a stick on the puck, but he didn't get enough of it. Uh, and then uh, hence who was dynamite tonight? By the way, gosh, I love watching that guy play. Um, he's big too. He's bigger than I thought he was. When uh, I thought he was like skinny, uh, but he's a big. Big strong kid. So uh, Dallas has got a good one there. They have a couple of good ones. That uh, who's it? Uh, Kiviranta. Yeah. Right. All he did. Came last, back in the lineup. All he did last year was uh, beat Colorado in Game Seven with a hat trick, including the overtime game winner. That's all. First rookie ever to do that. Uh, so those are the only two uh, like real concerns uh, I have. Um, 
So Tavo's just going to get a chance to work his way out of it. It just depends on where Rod Brindamore wants to put him in the lineup to work his way yeah. out of it. Um, it yeah. So. The only thing that I'm, the only thing that worries me a little is just like, I mean, those are two guys that were both on the COVID list. Right. And I mean, I just don't know. Like, I don't know if we will really know truly how much, how like, okay they are and different guys respond and react differently to that. So I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with that. Yeah. We don't know know? if they were sick. I mean, maybe they were sick. I mean, you could be on the COVID list and not be sick. Right. Or just how it's like, you know, how it's affected. I mean, I know they said the right things. I mean, Jacob said the other day that his legs felt good, his lungs felt good, but it was just his decision-making and his instincts that weren't there. And like, if that's the case, then I think he'll get those back. Sure. Um, but maybe he doesn't realize what the impacts of it are yeah. on his body. I don't know. Yeah. COVID did not hurt Jordan Stahl any. Uh, no, right. it did not. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, you want to go first? Should I go first with stars? I can go first. All right, go ahead. Um, my third star tonight was Brock McGinn. Okay. One goal plus two, three shots, fourth game in a row with a goal. Yeah. My second star was Nino Niederreiter. Okay. Uh, one goal plus two, five shots, and his sixth goal of the year, which is tied for the most on the team. With Svechnikov and Trocek. Trocek, yes, six goals. And then my first star tonight was Jordan Stahl. Yeah, one we- goal, one assist. One shot and seventy one percent in the face off circle. He won twenty draws out of twenty eight. <laughs> that is just insane. His his I, I, I talked about this in the beginning of the podcast. I mean his box score line of like if you were reading an NBA box score, it'd be like when you see a triple double with like four steals. Uh yeah. so is a goal and an assist, just a ho hum. Nineteen forty three, uh, almost five minutes shorthanded. He had three hits, a takeaway. And then won 20, 20 of twenty eight draws. I mean, yeah. it was just incredible. Um, and the pass to Aho was special, and uh, you know the the goal uh, the goal was great. He's got he's, he's a point a game against Dallas. In yeah, his career, ridiculous. He's got twenty points in twenty one games uh, against Dallas. All right, we differed. There, look, I thought there were a lot of guys who could have gotten stars. I could have given Nino a star. I didn't. Uh, Aho played well, but not quite at the level of other guys. Vincent Trocek was one of the best players in the game. Uh, and I felt bad, you know, not putting him on my stars list, but, uh, it's a hurricanes game. So, you know, Brett Pesci's getting a star. Uh, Brett Pesci, who had two. I, I, I knew you were going to give him one. That's why I didn't give him one. <laughs> well, you don't have to hate on Pesci for me. No, I know. I, I love Pesci. Uh, so, uh, two points plus two, uh, 23 and a half minutes. I uh, let all defensemen, I let all players. Uh, I just thought he was great and he covered up a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, and again, I'm waiting for Rod to put Pesci and Slavin together. Uh, but maybe he wants Slavin to just kind of get it on his own uh, and not rely on anybody else. Uh, but I have no idea what the what the deal is there. But I, I did. We we talked about it. I think that he Rod was kind of trying to keep away from matchup issues, uh, which is why I think he separated Slavin and Pesci. So Pesci was my third star. Brock McGinn was my second star because honestly, I think they lose the game if Brock doesn't score the goal. I think yes, the game, I think I mean, the third period's so different if he doesn't score the goal. And I think he was otherwise excellent tonight. Tripp made the same point in the 
aftermath tonight. Because hey. I, I asked him where, where the game turned, and actually I made the – I have to do a play of the game feature, and it was Nino's uh, game winner. But probably the right thing to do was to say McGinn's goal because, again, I mean, they, they got out of there tied – when they were probably just trying to, you know, stop the bleeding. Uh, no question about it. And Jordan Stahl was, the, to me, the easy first star. Uh, but, there, I mean, there were a lot of really good things individually. Tonight. I thought Svechnikov played a good game other than uh, taking an offensive zone penalty. And Nino took two offensive zone penalties. Uh, the second one I thought was trash. I thought Blake Como uh, launched himself into the goal. But uh, Nino did uh, did push him, so... Um, but Stahl was so good tonight. I thought Trocek was excellent. I was worried when Trocek kind of limped off the ice, but I don't believe he missed a shift. And then it was he who got the puck to Hamilton. Uh, and I don't, did you did you talk about that pass with Tripp at all? Uh, not really. Not, oh not in any kind of detail, but it was a sweet pass. Holy – there were so many good things about that play. Trocek uh, getting the puck behind the net and getting it to Hamilton. And then Dougie just kind of waited just a little bit uh, for Nino to come off the bench and uh, and flash to the blue line, uh, and then that pass was just on the tape. I mean, God, Nino perfect. Nino has had a few of those this year where he comes off the bench, yep, and either nearly scores or scores. Yep, he's been uh, he was good, and uh, some you know empty net. Not all empty net goals are easy. Uh, that was a well earned empty net goal, I thought, for Warren Fogle. Uh, because he created the uh, the turnover behind the get behind the goal, I forget who he took it from. It was Hiskinen, I think. Uh, but I thought uh, Fogel just willed the puck out, and then uh, Aho just threw it back to him at the front of the goal. So, yeah, I actually thought it was like kind of a good play by Aho yeah. <laughs> to, 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 to stop on a dime, turn around, and throw it on net. Like I wasn't sure he was going to get it there, but he did. Warren was there. Yeah, the easy tap in. Um, they played a good third period. Reimer was, man, second game in a row for him where he was kind of not so good for yeah. two periods, but good in the third. Yeah, third period, he was much better. Maybe Twitter will stay off James Reimer. Yeah, we'll see. Probably not. They won't. They won't. He's going to play again on uh, on Saturday. I don't Watch. think there's any question that he's, he's going to play on Saturday. He, I, he does look like he could use a break. Uh, but I don't think Rod's going to play Ned until unless he has to at this point. I think Rod's going to just roll with Reimer until Mrazek can come back, and yep. uh, and then we'll we'll see a lot of Peter. Peter should be rested. That's what, that's what Tripp said. Tripp said that he thinks that Reimer's going um, Saturday at Dallas, Monday in Columbus, Wednesday against Florida, yeah. and then – We'll see if Peter's back by the back-to-back against Chicago next weekend. Yeah, I, I, at this point, Rod, Rod is rolling with players he trusted, uh, and you can see what happens in the third period. Uh, Jake Gardner doesn't play in the third period. Hayden Fleury plays a little bit more than Jake Gardner, but that's not hard. Uh, we didn't see the, thir- the third line at all in the third period. We didn't see Mo- – Jesper Foss played a little bit. Jesper got on the ice with, like, uh, Martinook and McGinn as a line – at one point, but Dezingle and Geeky didn't play in the third. Uh, right. It'll be interesting to see what happens because I think Natchez is going to play on uh, Saturday. It'll be interesting to see who comes out. My guess is that Geeky will come out. I'll put Martinook back in the middle. Um, but I do believe that Ryan Dezingle needs to get his... Like I, I don't think he's played badly, 
but he needs to just have a little bit more impact in the game. Uh, but it's hard to it's hard for him to do that when he's getting just you know thirty seconds of power play time and fourth line time. It's kind of hard for him to do that. But um, all depends on what what how Rod wants to play it. it, it to me, it's where he wants Martinuk. If he wants Martinuk on the wing, I think Dzingel's going to come out. By the way, was my nug saucy enough for you? It was great. It was great. I will. Uh, I it will be as I said. It will be the tease uh, on uh, on Twitter. Uh, right, come, uh, come for the, uh, come for the five, three win. Stay for the, uh, Alec Campbell. Saucy saucy nugs. Nugs. <laughs> That's right. Um, and also one, one more lasting thought. Sure. The hurricanes got to stay out of the penalty box. We can't be taking these five penalties a night. I only watched the third anymore. period. They didn't take a penalty in the third. They didn't. And you and I both, Dude, did you look down and see that they one, were one they had six. six penalties? Was, yeah, me too. Okay, so I that saw one for uh, six and went. What? I'm like, wait, did they really take another one? Maybe, maybe they did. I mean, why not? Okay. Why wouldn't you assume they did? They take they took penalties like it was part of the game plan. Right. Uh, yeah, I thought they had taken six too because I looked at the stat sheet and it said or online it said six. I, I wonder but, if uh, um, like they either split the carryover or. Um, because it was five on four, then five on three, then five on four, if they counted an extra power play there. Yeah, could have been. So. Could have been. All right, that was fun. Always fun, my friend. Go to bed. We'll talk to you <laughs> soon. I got dishes to do first. Me too. <laughs> We're so domestic. <laughs> All right, man. Talk I'll to you talk tomorrow. To you. You get a little of everything, don't you? In the Canes Corner Podcast, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, it's at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Do you know the difference between a bay window and a bow window? I don't. They do. Ask Sammy Hanna or any one of the great, talented, uh, personable salespeople there. They will help you at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Aluminum Company. It's the Canes Corner Podcast. Subscribe to it. Download it. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want to hear. We'll do the best we can uh, to make you happy because we are a customer service industry. I'm Adam Gold. We'll talk to you after Saturday's Canes game in Dallas. 33 seconds to go in the second period. Kudobin tries to keep it moving. Lindell takes a big hit. Canes wrap one out. He scores! Make it four! Sorry, I just felt like I had to. It's the Canes Corner Podcast. We'll talk to you after Saturday's game. I'm Adam Gold. Good night. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Is getting your CPAP supplies a real pain? It doesn't have to be that way. Hi, I'm Brandon Giggling, president of Parkway Sleep Health Centers, and we are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Our streamlined process makes getting your CPAP as easy as one, two, three, and we ship anywhere in the state. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health.